You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. You guys know what this episode is going to be about. I don't know why I'm all energetic and smiling because there is nothing to smile about after this game. The Los Angeles Rams dropped their second game in a row for the first time this season to the San Francisco 49ers, a divisional rival, 31-10. to But in reality, this score was 31-3. to The Rams scored a garbage time touchdown, which was worth absolutely nothing in any of our books. And now we have a lot to discuss. The good, the bad, the ugly, a lot of bad, a lot of ugly, and not a whole lot of good for the Rams in this one. So we may as well dive into it. And to begin, the game planning was horrendous by the Rams. I don't know how they went into this game thinking what they thought. I mean, you know who the 49ers are, right? Kyle Shanahan is a run-first head coach, especially with this team. That's how he built them from the offensive line to paying the fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, to paying George Kittle. Like, these guys are all dominant run blockers. They play more 21 personnel than any other football team, and the Rams know this. They play them two times a season every year, and they came into this game with the worst game plan. I mean, how could you possibly let this team run on you snap after snap after snap, get into third and five, third and six, third and four, third and two in these manageable third down situations, and then throw to their two best players consistently, George Kittle and Debo Samuel, and continuously let them convert these long drives. I mean, in the first quarter, the Rams let the 49ers have a 13-minute drive. I think it was like 16 plays long. 13 minutes. They ate damn near the entire first quarter on a drive, and they ended up scoring a touchdown, by the way, which tells you, Really, that set the tone for the Rams. They looked like they had no interest in tackling, no interest in setting up the line of scrimmage and winning that battle on either side of the ball. The offense, pathetic. The defense, pathetic. The game planning from head coach Sean McVay and defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, absolutely pathetic. There is so much to discuss. We'll start with the offense here. The Rams, terrible. Matthew Stafford was so bad in this game. He only had 243 passing yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, one of which was definitely his fault one of which was definitely not. The first one, a long throw down the field to Odell Beckham, where Odell Beckham's not even within 20 yards of the route, and it was in double coverage, so an absolutely horrendous play by Stafford there. And then on the next drive, he throws a screen on third and long to Tyler Higbee, and Higbee lets it bounce out of his hands and into the hands of a defender. Pick six. This is incredible. Two weeks in a row. It feels like we're back to the Jared Goff experience here. I don't know what else to make of it. I mean, the offense was horrible. Tyler Higby had multiple drops, one of which ended in a pick six, another one on third and long. That would have been a conversion had he caught it. Really, really bad performance by him. And he was probably one of the better players. I mean, he still scored the only touchdown there for the Rams. He had three receptions for 20 yards, which is just sad. I mean, they lost Robert Woods going into this game. We knew they would struggle to replace him, and they did. I mean, Van Jefferson drops a touchdown, drops another pass or two across the middle of the field as well. He has three receptions for 54 yards, but that's not saying much. It was very hollow and empty and nobody else stepped up. I mean, Odell only targeted three times, only had two receptions for 18 yards. Ben Skoranek, a reception for eight yards, though he was open at least once, maybe twice. And Matthew Stafford clearly does not have the chemistry down with him and nearly threw at least two or three or four more interceptions in this game. 
The passing game was all out of whack. And I'm not necessarily sure that it was just up to the Robert Woods missing piece here, right? I mean, it was bad across the board. Only Cooper Cup really put together a decent game and he had 11 receptions for 122 yards. But again, the majority of that straight garbage time, he even dropped a pass on third and four, which would have been converted. And that was basically the end of the game right there for the Rams. I knew as soon as he dropped that pass, right before the fourth quarter was going to start, before that third quarter was ending, it was over. I mean, it was over. They couldn't get anything going. It was clearly not their day. And the offense was a large part of the reason why. They were just horrible. Daryl Henderson got nothing going out of the backfield. Five carries for 31 yards, an average of 6.2 yards a pop, which is decent. But he has no burst whatsoever. I mean, I said... Why are you giving the ball to a left guard? I was kind of joking. Obviously, he's not a left guard, but no explosion this season. I don't know what it is. He looks like he's carrying some extra weight, maybe. Uh, My theory here is maybe he knew that he was going to be the starting running back and he had to have enough meat on the bone, so to speak, to last the whole season, right? You want to put on a few more pounds to just be a bit more durable. And I think that might be the reason why he's lacking some explosiveness right now. Again, this is a theory that I made up. I have no idea if it holds any weight or not, but... That could certainly be one of the reasons why he's just not that good right now. No explosiveness coming out of the backfield. And they threw the ball like four or five times to him in this game. Six times, actually. And he had four receptions for 10 yards. I mean, why are you throwing the ball to this guy with your embarrassment of riches at receiver and tight end even? And it's just very questionable. I don't know what Sean McVay was thinking going into this game. It was just a horrible game plan from the start. To the end, they really had no flow whatsoever. They were dropping passes left, right, and center. Matthew Stafford probably should have had three or four interceptions in this game. Was very inaccurate. Terrible decision-making in this game. There's no doubt about that. The offensive line, they were probably the only lone bright spot in this game. I mean, they weren't great. It wasn't their best performance. They allowed two sacks. But at the same time, they weren't bad either. I didn't think that they were a clear liability. Definitely nothing like they were last week against the Tennessee Titans on Sunday Night Football. They were abused in that game, and they were essentially the reason the Rams often sucked. In this one, though, you cannot chalk it up to them. They were the best unit by far for this offense, and everyone else was the reason why they sucked. I mean, everyone was dropping passes. Stafford, a horrendous game. The running game, complete non-factor. Penalties, just such bad football by this team. And I can't understand how Sean McVay came away with this game plan for this kind of a defense. I mean, it was pathetic. Matthew Stafford targeted Josh Norman one time in this game, and it should have been a touchdown that should have been caught by Van Jefferson for like 15 to 20 yards there in the red zone, and he dropped it. But Josh Norman is one of the worst corners in football right now, if not the worst corner in football. He looks so bad all season. How do you target this guy one time in this game? It does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Odell Beckham, a complete non-factor for the Rams here. They tried too hard to get him the ball, especially Stafford early on in that game where he threw the interception into double coverage. That was as close as you'll ever see an actual throw just be an arm punt. That's what they call an arm punt. It was so bad. And I promise you how bad the offense was. The defense might've been even worse. And we're going to dive into that here in just a second. But before we get there, you guys can always make sure to follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP and at Locked on Rams and on YouTube at Locked on Rams. And in life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com Vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for greatness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm on a beach resort, you guys know I like to kick my feet up, grab a cigar, maybe a little adult libation, maybe a little bit of a drink. Only 21 plus for those that are listening. 
that's the way to live on a vacation, in my opinion. That is how you get happy and stay happy. You soak up some of that sun and enjoy yourself. And with Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. And thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. Now we can dive into this defensive performance, which was every bit as horrendous as the offense, if not worse. The Rams, they go out and trade for Von Miller. There's a lot of hoorah, maybe even more so than the offensive side of the ball with Odell Beckham Jr. And you talk about a pathetic performance by Raheem Morris and his guys. I think there's more question marks about this side of the ball than there is on offense for sure, in my opinion. And moving forward, I do not have any confidence. I'm talking zero in Raheem Morris to put together a defense that is worthy of a championship Super Bowl caliber team. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm not. I'm not 100% sure, but I look at Raheem Morris right now. You went into this game knowing the 49ers were going to do three things. Run the football a ton, throw to Debo Samuel and expect yak out of him yards after the catch and throw to George Kittle. And all three of those things is what they did. They did not do anything else. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had 182 passing yards in this game, two touchdowns, 9.6 yards per attempt. How do you let a, a liability like Jimmy Garoppolo do that to you? That is just unacceptable. Debo Samuel coming out of the backfield, averaging 7.2 yards per carry, had a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell, 91 yards rushing in this game. Jeff Wilson Jr., 28 yards rushing in this game. It was horrible. Debo Samuel, 97 receiving yards and a touchdown. George Kittle, 50 yards receiving and a touchdown. And not just the statistics, right? These are all bad. We know that these numbers are not good. It was the drive extending third and sixes, third and sevens, third and nines, third and fours that they continued to let them convert. I mean, every time Debo Samuel made a catch, Jalen Ramsey was not covering this guy. I don't know why. You have the number one threat on this offense, wide receiver Debo Samuel. He is small. He is strong. He's a good route runner. He's one of the best receivers in football right now. You have Jalen Ramsey blitzing off the edge when there's this guy that you need to cover. And instead, you're leaving David Long on him. Instead, you're leaving Robert Rochelle on him. And these guys are getting toasted. Why? I need answers to this. I have no idea why. It makes no sense whatsoever to me. You're paying Jalen Ramsey $25 million this year. He is the best cover corner in football. And your best use case for this guy is to blitz him off the edge where he's not even getting within five yards of a quarterback. How is that the best way you can utilize this guy? It is absolutely awful. Jalen Ramsey should have been covering George Kittle or Debo Samuel every single snap in this game. I mean, every snap. He did it against the Detroit Lions where he covered TJ Hawkinson for the majority of that game. And he erased the guy. He took their best weapon out of that game. And that's what he does. That's what he does. That is the number one thing he brings to a defense. And the Rams did not utilize him at all in this game. I mean, if Debo Samuel was catching a pass, it was either David Long covering him, maybe Robert Rochelle. There was Taylor Rapp on multiple occasions, Nick Scott. How do you have safeties covering this guy? Cornerbacks cannot cover this guy. And you have safeties covering him. I mean, box safeties, guys that aren't even coverage safeties. It makes no sense whatsoever to me. I do not understand it at all. And Raheem Morris devised a game plan that was worthy of a big fat L for the Rams in this game. And that is why they got abused by an offense that couldn't do anything against the Arizona Cardinals last week. This is the same 49ers team that lost to a Colt McCoy led Arizona Cardinals team a week ago. And I know it's different, right? They're coming into this game a little bit more desperate through three and five or They were three and five. And so they knew their season was sort of riding on this game. If they lose this game and drop the three and six, they would have been in real trouble. So yes, they had the desperation aspect to it. Yes, they were playing at home. 
But I mean, 31 to 10, I don't understand how you could not have had a better game plan than that. You were getting blown off the ball snap after snap. Nobody was interested in playing good football. Troy Reader looks like a liability in coverage. Everyone else, Taylor Rapp, a liability in coverage. These guys cannot cover in man. There is no doubt about that. Robert Rochelle out there getting absolutely toasted. How is this the best that you can do? I just really do not understand. At least the defensive interior guys, the defensive linemen, they had a bit of a decent game. They at least made Elijah Mitchell and this running game earn every damn yard. There's no doubt about that. They really had to grind it out for those yards. You're talking about guys like Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson, Aaron Donald even, Von Miller a little bit as well. Those guys all flashed a little bit, but you look at third and two, Aaron Donald jumps off sides. Leonard Floyd jumps off sides. Your best players are literally giving them free plays and extending drives. And by the way, that drive ended up being a touchdown. Third and two, the Rams were on the 49ers side of the field. I think it was maybe around the 25 to 30 yard line. And both guys jump off sides and give them a free conversion. And by the way, they would have made the stop. I mean, they were five yards into the backfield tackling the running back on third and two. So not only do you give them a free first down, but you're taking away a chance to get off the field. And then they end up going down the field and scoring. So I don't know how you could possibly feel good about Raheem Morris and watching this defense. I do not whatsoever. I mean, you're talking about a 49ers team with a terrible quarterback, arguably the worst in football, definitely one of the five worst in football right now. And a team that was just stifled by an Arizona Cardinals defense that didn't even have J.J. Watt. And now you get just embarrassed and blown out. This is five wins in a row for Kyle Shanahan over Sean McVay. How else do you say it? I mean, he owns Sean McVay. There is no other way to say it. He owns him. He's been absolutely taking his lunch money and punking him for years now. And uh, I'm definitely concerned about where this leaves the Rams moving forward because, yeah, we talk about this team as a Super Bowl contender. And I still think they are, okay? Don't get it twisted. I still think this team has Super Bowl aspirations. I still think... They can get there, and they're still maybe not playing their best football, and I still do think they have the potential to improve their play moving throughout the rest of the season. But, man, where they're at right now, they're sitting at 7-3, and coming off two horrendous back-to-back primetime losses to two teams who do very similar things on the offensive side of the ball in terms of how they want to go about it structurally or schematically. The Titans, the 49ers, both teams, You know what they're going to do? They're going to line up in 21 personnel. They're going to line up in 12 personnel. They're not going to be out there like the Rams in 11 personnel with three wide receivers playing finesse football in the gun. No, they're going to get under center and they're going to pound that rock snap after snap after snap. And the Titans dominated the Rams. And now the 49ers dominate the Rams as well in consecutive weeks. That's just to beg the question. Can this team stop the run? Can they actually evolve and learn from these last two games? Because there's definitely nothing that they learned from last week against the Titans going into this one. And I just don't know how you could possibly feel good about Raheem Morris because there's not a single thing that's inspiring confidence in me right now. And I don't mean that just by their performance. I mean that by the way they use their players. To me, it looks like Raheem Morris has no idea what he's doing with his personnel. Brandon Staley, the moment he came in, He told Jalen Ramsey, you're going to cover the best wide receiver every single snap. You're going to follow him wherever he goes. If that's in the slot, you're going in the slot. If that's out in the boundary, you're going out there. And if that's on the other side of the field, guess what? You're going with him again. And it worked to perfection. And I get it. Raheem Morris is not Brandon Staley, and he never will be. There is no doubt about that in my mind. He's not even half the defensive brain that Brandon Staley is. But how can you not possibly adjust and have a better plan? 
halfway into the season, I really do not understand whatsoever what's going on here. I'm gravely concerned about the defensive side of the ball and Raheem Morris, especially not so much the personnel, but the guy that's kind of putting those guys into position to try and make plays. I don't know, man, this is definitely questionable for me. And we're going to talk about more of that in just a second here. But before we get there, make sure to keep tuning in at the Lockdown Rams podcast throughout the rest of this week. We're going to get my guy, former host Brad Motter, to break down what he thinks of this game for tomorrow's episode. But before we get there, there is an incredible app that everyone who listens to this podcast is using, and it is called Get Upside. You can make up to 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas that you fill up with. All you have to do is just download the free Get Upside app on the Google Play or App Store right now, as I mentioned, entirely free. And all you have to do is use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you can get up to 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas. And the best part is you can cash out at any time. It can go straight to your bank account. It can go straight to your PayPal account, or you can get it in gift cards if that's how you want to do it. And not only that, but on your first tank of gas, you can actually get up to 50 cents cash back on every gallon. All you have to do is download the free Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And thank you guys, as always, for making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. For your second daily listen, go check out Locked On Bets, which is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, it is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And now we can pick up with this final segment here of what was an embarrassing loss for the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football. I'm tired of watching it. I really am. Maybe I'm spoiled. Maybe my expectations are too high, but... I have a good pulse on how Rams fans feel. A lot of you guys follow me on Twitter. A lot of you guys infiltrate my mentions during the game. A lot of you guys even DM me and are just snapping, snap after snap, play after play, saying, fire this guy, trade that guy. And I get it, right? Everyone's emotional about their sports teams. It makes perfect sense to me. There's no doubt about it. I mean, people get emotional, especially in that moment. And, you know, we get over those things pretty quickly, but I got a good grasp of how Rams fans feel about this season, this team, and a lot of people are very much down right now, and I understand why. And I'm going to try to talk you guys off the ledge. The Rams are still 7-3. and three. They still have a chance to win this division. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals lost their last game with Colt McCoy, and uh, they look bad doing it. I mean, the Carolina Panthers absolutely smashed them, and Kyler Murray may miss this upcoming game as well. So if he does, potentially the Cardinals could drop another game, which would obviously help the Rams. The Rams still only one game back from those guys, so plenty of time to make up for that. Now they head into their bye week, which is going to give them another week to acclimate themselves to some of these new guys, right? Juan Miller gets another week to not just get healthy, but also get caught up in the playbook. Essentially almost two weeks, right? We're talking like 11 or 12 days up until the next game. That's a lot of time to get another, you know, round of rehab in, a lot more time to learn the playbook, a lot more time to practice with your guys and things like that. So That's bright news for him. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, it is outstanding news for Odell Beckham because this is a guy that was playing off of like four days of practice time with the Rams or really a day or two of practice time with the Rams. And that's why he hardly played in this game. I mean, he just couldn't, right? He just didn't know enough plays. There was no way he was going to possibly be able to. But now he gets 11, 12 days to start catching passes from Matthew Stafford, start understanding the playbook, start understanding the scheme. And hopefully the next time the Rams play, He could be out there for 75, 80, 85% of the snaps. I'm not really sure. Maybe that's being a little bit too optimistic, but the more snaps Odell Beckham is out there, the better your offense is going to be for it. That's just the bottom line. Listen, no disrespect to Ben Skoranek. I really appreciated him for stepping up in this game and just being ready to have his number called. And he could have had maybe a touchdown if Matthew Stafford is a little bit more accurate. Could have had a few more plays. Maybe 
you know, 50, 55 yards in this game if Matthew Stafford had a better performance, but he's not Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham is a good to great to special talent. Like this guy was at one point the best receiver in football. So he's got ability to really change and transform this offense in a positive way. So hopefully the Rams can get into a spot where he's a lot more comfortable for their next game. And as I mentioned, they got a bye week, but coming out of that bye week, that's when things start to get really serious for this team. There's no more time to be dropping games like this and dropping games just in general. I mean, they're going to come out of that bye week playing one of the best teams in the NFC and maybe the team that most people think is the best in the NFC in the Green Bay Packers. And this is a team that the Rams have had some familiarity with. They played them in 2018. I don't know if they played them in 2019. I can't recall. And they played them this past year in the playoffs as well where they lost. So obviously, you know, they've got a lot of potential moving forward here. But it's going to be tough. I mean, if the Rams can come out of their bye week and get right and beat a Green Bay Packers team, then the media, the pundits, and everyone else is going to start talking about the Rams as potentially the best team in the NFC again. And I'm probably going to hop on this podcast again telling you they're the favorite for the Super Bowl. And all that good stuff is going to happen. They're going to start to build that momentum. But if they come out of that game with a loss, they're in big trouble. I mean, they're going to be sitting at 7-4. and four, And at that point, you can almost kiss the first seed in the NFC goodbye. I mean, unless some miracle happens... You cannot afford to drop games to the Cardinals and the Packers and then hope that a tiebreaker sort of breaks your way. But in general, like good things are happening around the league for the Rams. I mean, the Buccaneers dropped another game. They lose to the Saints. Then they go into a bye week and then they come out of a bye week and lose yesterday or two days ago to a Washington football team that has no business being that competitive. So that is really bad for them. Of course, they drop another game there. And then we talked about the Cardinals losing a game as well. And then maybe Colt McCoy having to start another game this week, which again, puts them in jeopardy to potentially lose another one. So that once again, helps the Rams, especially if they're on their bye week, if they can get half a game closer there, that is just huge for them. And then the Packers, the one team that has really done a good job at staying, you know, even keeled, but you talk about Aaron Rodgers not being vaxxed. He gets that C word and then he misses the game. Jordan Love has to go in there and they lose the game to the Kansas City Chiefs at the time who looked terrible at that time. So everyone's really had some bad losses at some point. The Cowboys, I mean, some people think they're the best team in the NFC. They get demolished by the Denver Broncos two weeks ago. Everyone's got some stinkers. Now for the Rams, luckily, you know, one of them came against a really good team in the Tennessee Titans last week. Another one came a few weeks ago against another really good team in the Arizona Cardinals. But this one is a questionable one. You cannot be losing to the 49ers like that. And that brings me into the final point here. Why is it that in every time Sean McVay loses a football game, it feels like he's getting blasted out of the water. I mean, just blown out of the water. It's never a three-point, we kicked a field goal at the end of the game to beat you type of win. It is always a, my offense looks absolutely broken. Everything looks absolutely terrible. Everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. And we lost by 27 type of loss. Every time it happens, I still don't know why it happened with Jared Goff from 2017 to 2020 or 2021. And it's happening now with Matthew Stafford. And it seems like, well, regardless of who the quarterback is, there is a constant theme here. And it is the Rams losing games and not just losing them, but getting absolutely blown out of the water. And I have no idea why this is. I don't know how they go about fixing it, but they need to get in that lab and fix things very quickly because Matthew Stafford no longer looks like the guy that we talked about as an MVP candidate. The running game, subpar. Daryl Henderson, no juice whatsoever. The wide receivers, which were once a super strength, now you don't have Robert Woods, you know, and they just don't really look that good coming off this game. They dropped a ton of passes, and the defense, who added a Hall of Famer, looked worse than ever. So 
a lot of question marks. I'm not going to overreact to this game, or at least I'm not going to try to. There are definitely questions about this team, and they are 100% deserved. But, you know, division games are always weird. Weird things always happen in these types of games. You never know what's going to happen because these two teams and every other two teams in the same division, they know each other. They know what they're going to do. So those games are always a bit funky, and that's why I'm not going to go crazy about losing this one because if the Rams can rebound, well, then we're going to be talking about them as, once again, maybe the best team in the NFC. But I also had to bring up what on earth was that fake field goal right before the end of the first half? That was just pathetic. I mean, it was at that point that I knew Sean McVay felt the heat. He looked like he was being outcoached, and he looked like he was shook. I mean, it was at that point I knew we're in trouble. This guy's in trouble. Uh, I mean, if he was really interested in going for it, Leave your offense out on the field. I mean, there is just no way Johnny Hecker has a better chance to convert a fourth down than your quarterback does and the actual offense does. That was pathetic. That was so sad. Kendall Blanton, your backup tight end, gets ran down by a defensive tackle, a 325-pound guy, and you didn't take the points. That was so sad and pathetic to see. It was embarrassing. But, I mean, the special teams are terrible this season. The defense, so inconsistent. The offense, I still think they're great. I still think they're a top three offense, but they need to get right ASAP because the Rams can no longer afford to keep losing games. They are in a tough spot now. I mean, if they want to be the number one seed, if they want to be the NFC West champion, they have to get on their high horse. They need to start making up on some of these losses, some of these games on these teams that have a win or two above them. So unfortunately for the Rams, they drop another back-to-back primetime game. It was very ugly for the entire world to see. But the positive is they now go into a bye week. Hopefully they can regroup, get healthy, get everything situated, and come out of that bye week a lot stronger. Of course, we're going to keep you guys updated on everything you need to know about your Los Angeles Rams heading into this bye week. As always, you guys can always make sure to follow us on Twitter at QB's MVP at Lockdown Rams and on YouTube at Lockdown Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.